Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for a day that we can remember this? Yes. And we, but we get, it's kind of like Christmas uh, and your birthday. You still benefit from it all year long, don't you? It's like it's something you get to, to enjoy the, 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 the blessings of it for uh, all year long, your, your whole life long, actually. Um, well, I, I'm grateful for every person that is here this morning. Thank you for being with us. I just want to encourage, again, the men as we are trying to catch up with the women. My wife kind of had it backwards a little bit. Um, but uh, but we, we've been having a great time together. And we have some books that go along with our study uh, on the back uh, uh, counter back here. Uh, be sure and pick one up before you, you take off today if you don't have one already. And you can be studying for this next week, uh, go through the first week, and then this next one also. Um, so I am grateful f- for today, and I want to talk about uh, declarations. Our, our, what we declare is significant. Uh, we're always uh, proclaiming something, but I was, uh, I was thinking about, you know, one person uh, penned a declaration that 56 other men signed that represented all the people of their colonies. And what it did is it actually put into motion something that couldn't go into motion until there was a declaration. And, you know, there was already things in place, but it required, and, and, and you know, it, it, what set apart, I believe, the declaration that Thomas uh, Jefferson came up with it wasn't just, I'm mad, I'm leaving, <laughs> you know? It, it, it wasn't based upon just uh, uh, emotion or frustration. It was, it was based upon some very um, important things that I just want to go through four elements that I see as being significant in a declaration that's going to make a difference in, in your life. Uh, and and I want to uh, call this uh, declarations of independence. Um, because there was a declaration that, that made it possible in our life, but God has made it possible for us to declare some things. And until we do, nothing's in motion to make it happen. Jesus has already accomplished a lot to make it possible, but we have to apply our declaration for it to be activated. So before we get into uh, some of these steps, I just want to go through a, a summary, an overview of... Uh, the Declaration of Independence. How many have read it recently? You know, it's got... <laughs> I, I, like that, I like the phrase that says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, right? That all men are created equal. It's like, we, we, we base this upon something that everybody should just accept this. You know, and that was before any of the divisions and the separations that we got going on in our country right now. It included everybody at that point. People of all races, genders. Uh, it was part of our declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, and not just men, you know, this, this was mankind, are, are created equal. And we have rights that are just basic rights. So I, 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 they, they didn't just, you know, again, it wasn't just frustration. It was based upon something that we'll go through some steps here. And, I, and, it, and they included God in this. And so it gave it a basis. 
that would make it possible for people to commit their lives to it and for our country to be based upon real freedoms. But it, it required this declaration. And even today, what they penned in 1776 is enables our freedom even today. It's a continuation. So uh, let me just read this, and this is a summary, so it's not the full on, uh, but it, it, it gives some points here that, that I want to draw out. The Declaration of Independence, I, I printed it out so you wouldn't have to try to follow along on the screen, so just listen to me. Um, Declaration of Independence, it was written by Thomas Jefferson and adopted by the Second Continental Congress. It states the reasons the British colonies of North America sought independence in July of 1776. The declaration opens with a preamble describing the document's necessity and explaining why the colonies have overthrown their ruler and chosen to take their place as a separate nation in the world. All men are created equal and there are certain unalienable rights that governments should not violate. These rights include the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When a government fails to protect these rights... It is not only the right, but also the duty of the people to overthrow that government. In its place, the people should establish a government that is designed to protect those rights. Governments are rarely overthrown and should not be overthrown for trivial reasons. In this case, a long history of abuses has led the colonists to overthrow a tyrannical government. The king of Britain, George III, is guilty of 27 specific abuses. The king interfered with the colonists' right to self-government and for a fair judicial system. Acting with parliament, the king also instituted legislation that affected the colonies without their consent. The legislation levied taxes on the colonists. It also required them to quarter British soldiers, remove their right to trial by jury, and prevented them from trading freely. Additionally, the king and parliament are guilty of outright destruction of American life and property by their refusal to protect the colony's borders, their confiscation of American ships at sea, and their intent to hire foreign mercenaries to fight against the colonists. The colonial governments tried to reach a peaceful reconciliation of these differences with Great Britain, but were continually ignored. Colonists who appealed to British citizens were similarly, similarly ignored, despite their shared common heritage and their just cause. After many peaceful attempts, the colonists have no choice but to declare independence from Great Britain. The new nation will be called the United States of America and will have no further connections with Great Britain. The new government will reserve the right to levy war, make peace, and make alliances with foreign nations, conduct trade, and do anything else that nations do. So, up until this point, a large part of American life was dependent upon uh, a government that was abusing what they were supposed to be doing. They were supposed to be serving us, and they were actually abusing it. But there was this dependence that they had to say, we are no longer going to be dependent on you to the point that we are not even going to associate with you anymore. And so it required... First of all, what I see at the beginning of this, there's, a, there's a, a vision cast of what things should be. There's a vision cast of, a, of how a government should be. 
And then there's, there's a recognition of the violations that are causing that to not to come to pass. And if you read through it, they list all those 27 things. And they are, they are violations of, of rights that are compromising the people of America to, to live you know, with prosperity and with freedom. Um, so let me show you these four things that I, I want to go through and then we can kind of replicate these uh, in our own life because it, very similarly in our life, there's a necessity to follow this pattern. So first of all, there's an embrace vision of a right of life from God. This is something that we've just been given and it, it should be a certain way, right? Okay. And then there's a recognition or listing of, of the injustices, the things that are wrong, the things that are actually compromising life. Okay. And then two more here. There's a declaration that takes place at that point. You have to see what the, what the possibilities are. You have to recognize what's wrong with it. And then you have to declare independence from that. That's not enough, though. Then you have to walk in what you declare. You have to walk it out and live it. It sounds kind of simple, doesn't it? And yet, it's, it's a very powerful pattern that I think we can follow. Um, so that declaration will, will cover a lot of different areas in our life. And there's a possibility for us to be affected uh, in, in a great way. So, first so. thing we're going to look at here is just the vision of life. And, and, and uh, again, we're going to go through this as kind of a, a, a quick run through it. But there's so much more in each one of these elements that is, that is so very powerful. Um, we've actually been called out of darkness into light we, we, we've been so when you think of, about what Jesus came to do he came to take us from a, a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light there's a call been made and so when I when I think of that you know it we, we can't even fully imagine what all that means but it's the beginnings it's the opening of a window and a door to a possibility of what life really should be I don't believe you can live on the earth without having, <laughs> well, you can't. Jesus said, in the earth, you're going to have tribulations. Where do the tribulations come from? They don't come from God. They come from an enemy that wants to kill us and destroy us, doesn't he? And so what, how does he do that? He uses our flesh. He uses things that we, we want to do, things that are, 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 are naturally we gravitate to, right? Addictions, relationships, different things. But he wants to impose upon us a diminishing of the life that we're called to. We're called out of, a, out of a, a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. So there's a vision of what life should be. But you are a chosen generation. Don't you like how, how <laughs> it's like, me? I'm this chosen, you ever kind of wonder that? It's like, who's he talking to anyhow? Somebody behind me or, or what, you know? Uh, but I, I, like the, I like the language of faith because God declares things over us that we can't see ourselves, and yet we need to get that vision from him so that we can go to where he needs us to go because he gives us the power to overcome. And he says, I'm gonna put it in your mouth. And you're going to overcome with your own declaration. But first of all, you got to get this vision 
of what it should be. You know, I, I thought about that when I was thinking about the Declaration of Independence. It, you know, it said, this is not a trivial thing to overcome a government. And yet, it should be done if the government is out of line. And you can think of all kinds of governments in the world today that the people are just allowing brutal injustices to take place. Why? Because they don't, their vision of, of what could happen has been completely squelched. And that's, 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 the, that's the danger of certain types of government because they want to put, they want to squelch everybody, put everybody in the same mask, you know, and, and, and cause there to be an inability to come out and be who you, you've been made to be. And I'm grateful that, that this did not happen for us. There wasn't this just submitting and allowing something to happen, but there was a rising up because of how that preamble started. That we recognize that all men are created equal. We don't see it around us, but we recognize this vision of how things should be. And, and, and in 1 Peter here it says, but you are a chosen generation. This, this vision of how life should be has to get big in our eyes, right? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So what happens when, when, when you declare an independence? No longer are you dependent on that anymore, but you're called out of it, right? And you cannot live without encountering the effects of darkness. So this, what we're talking about today, sometimes I'm tempted to just assume that everybody's just living in the clouds and everybody's living in victory and everything's just wonderful. But no, we all have these, these arrows coming against us. There's a reason for Psalm, uh, Psalm 91, isn't there? It's because we have an enemy. We have storms coming against us. We have things happening against us, right? And, and what the enemy wants us to do is, is to think this is how life should be. Or this is just how life is. And to just to succumb to it and to just endure it through our life, right? right? And we've been told something else. No, we've been called out of darkness into a marvelous light. Wow. What in the world is that? Well, you can go, you can go for the rest of your life discovering what that is. But there needs to be hope. There needs to be a vision, Right? who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So Jesus talks about this, and it's very wonderful how Jesus refers to this. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So what he's, he's saying is, the God of this world and what you're experiencing in life is cannot be without a thief wanting to come and to steal. You know, I grew up in, in eastern Colorado where we just left, uh, you know, we left our, our doors open all the time because we weren't, we, everybody knew everybody we thought, you know. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've found out since then that you can't just trust every. You know, I went down to San Antonio. I got a I got a new pickup, and I had all my roofing tools and everything in it. And I I went down, stayed in a hotel, and um, 
All my tools were gone in the morning. That's why it's because the whole world is not just a wonderful bunch of angels running around. It's there's a God of this world who wants to steal and to kill and destroy. And so Jesus, he, he gives this contrast. He says, so there, you might be experiencing a life that, that's, that's devastating. You might, you might have strongholds in your life that are overwhelming to you. You, you, might, uh, you. you might not understand why certain people act the way they do. And so you get depressed about that, you know? He said, but, but, but I've come that you can have life. And not just a little bit of life. You can have it abundant. Now, as long as you're living under the cloud, as long as, as, long as your vision is only the world, you never get out of that. You become a nation that is continually oppressed by a government because they can't see above it. They can't see a possibility of doing anything else. But Jesus said, I came... To give you life and to make it an abundant life. <laughs> you say, well, Jesus, why haven't you done that yet? He said, well, there's a process. I have to present the vision of it. And then there's going to have to be, you're going to have to start recognizing what is the enemy in your life. Because a lot of times the enemy, you know, en enemies... The, Man, it's happening in America today. There's enemies that we don't recognize as enemies because they come in and they, they make themselves look like something that's already in your house. You know, it's like, no, but that's an enemy. It's a lie. You know, there's, there's a book I, I just listened to. I like to listen to books. Anybody like to listen to books? You know, you can do it while you're working out and everything. Driving the post, post office. There you go. Uh, there's, there's a book called How... How to Kill 11 Million People. And um, yeah, well then is right. Is, you know, and they go through and say, well, that, that's not, I mean, it, it's way more than that. But how do you do it? You lie. You just tell a lie. And what people do is, is as soon as they get used to receiving and, and acting on a lie, you can get them to do anything. You can get them to crawl in train cars and thinking that they're being taken to someplace good. You know, because you're just telling them a lie and you don't see it as the enemy. And how, so, so what Jesus came to do is to show us what real life is so that we can see when the enemy's trying to get us into a, a train car. And we don't just crawl in there, right? So there needs to be then a list of injustices. And I'm not going to get into all this, but all of us, have a sensitivity to a grievance in our life that the enemy has imposed. There's something in our life that is a, the enemy's coming against us. None of us are special enough to where the enemy doesn't attack us. <laughs> in fact, the more, the more uh, you, you commit yourself to the kingdom, the more arrows you might see coming, you know, inbound, you know, Right? So there needs to be an understanding, though, that, that these things that are coming against us, we identify them. And I'm just going to go through a few here that I think are necessary for us to understand. Some of them are obvious. You know, they're, they're works of the flesh. They're, they're, they're strongholds in our life. But it's very important for us to not just make them ours, but to understand that they are an injustice that's 
put upon us in a way that is not right. We don't just accept it. So to be free, there must, we must separate. We must become independent. We must have to, we must say, and, and here's the irony of this. Um, what, what the enemy does when he comes in and he wants to, and he imposes this, this oppression upon somebody, it actually becomes something they identify with. You know, a lot of times if there's something in your flesh, uh, the enemy will use the dopamine in the way God has made us to become a stronghold in our life. It can be a substance. It can be a, it can be a behavior, you know? And he'll use something. That, it's the way we're made. It's something that we naturally respond to. But what he'll do is he'll come in and he'll say, well, that's kind of yours, and he'll give you excuses why you can do this kind of a thing. And he'll make it like, uh, you can, it's yours and you can kind of pet it, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm thankful for forgiveness, but it's still mine. And it's, it's my, it's my thorn in my flesh that I must bear all my, all my life, you know, <laughs> and really what it is, it's the enemy telling you a lie and he's imposing a bondage in your life that is not natural for somebody that's been called out as a people of God, out of darkness into light. <laughs> Can you see that? So let's look at 2 Corinthians 6, 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Uh, uh, yeah, we won't make the list too long here, but because we need to get to the answers here. But you, you'll see the gist of this. Um, for you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So these things, sometimes we, we, we want to say, well, we're just human. Well, look at what somebody else is doing. Somebody else is operating in this too. And all the while we're, while we're, we're succumbing to a lie that it's okay to, to harbor something in the temple of God that will disallow the life Jesus came to give. So instead, and so instead of being independent, we proclaim something that causes us to even be more dependent. <laughs> while all the while God is saying, I want to draw you to myself. And, and, and he, he's not giving us the answer right here, but he's saying it's a necessity. If, if you're going to have the life Jesus came to give, there's going to have to be separation from the enemy's stronghold in your life. There's, you're going to have to discover what that is. And so what I see here in this passage is just the revelation that there's this need. It's a listing of grievances. Can we see it that way? And, and I like this part. It says, but you, do, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornication or neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Makes a whole list. And you say, well, that's not me. (laughs) But there's an attitude. There's a, a, you know, you, you can find different passages that continue this list just talking about attitudes. But these areas actually... Everybody's touched in, in some realm, in the realm of sexuality. I mean, that's what our whole nation's being challenged with right now. Did God really say these things? Yeah. Right? And, and you're, not, uh, you're not helping somebody by, by just saying, it's okay. Go ahead and get in the train car. Right? Because right. there's, there's an enemy that's wanting to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus came to give life. You have to see what those things are, perceive them before you can do what is going to be necessary to be free from them. Okay? Just like in America, we, it took a declaration for us to become free. Other things will have to be done as a result of that, but it starts with a declaration. And such were some of you. This is the part I like. This is the part I told you I was going to enjoy getting into here. And such were some of you but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of our God. Don't you like that? And this is where we start to get into the proclamation side, the declaration side, is the enemy wants to say, this is who you are, and you can say, that's who I was. And so instead of an identity and identity is transformed into a testimony. And you have a declaration that you can make because of what Jesus has done. All right? So let's get into some declarations. Can we do this real quick? Are you with me here this morning? So declarations of independence. Um, Romans uh, 10, 9 through 10. Declaration from the heart, belief. It has to, there has to, first of all, be salvation. So if anybody here today, you've not made Jesus your Lord... The first thing that happens with us and anybody that has made Jesus your Lord, how did it happen? You were presented with this vision of how life could be. Free from sin, free from guilt, free with forgiveness, right? (laughs) And and with that vision was also a a reason why I need that because there's things in my life that require that. Right? They go together. You can't just be presented with the gospel and not see it as the answer for you. (laughs) But that's not enough in itself. Then you have to declare. You have to declare that Jesus is your Lord, don't you? That declaration has the potential to change everything. Just like the Declaration of Independence for America, right? But here's where people... Can, can become confused and they can become discouraged. As I say, well, I made that declaration, but why do I have all these other things in my life? And we're going to see that declarations don't just uh, stop at the altar of salvation. They just begin. Amen? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What is that declaration? There's a separation being made. There's a separation being made from a dependence upon what I used to depend on. The reliance upon sinful things to gratify my flesh. 
For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, a declaration is made unto salvation. It requires a declaration. Okay? All right, here's another place. 2 Corinthians 5.17. How many are familiar with this one? This is a favorite one if you're into faith at all, right? So, where do we get with any kind of provision of life from God? It's going to be in a declaration. To get freedom in any area, it's going to come from a declaration. Man, let's get into declarations today, okay? I'm serious. Let's get into declarations today. Let's, let's celebrate the Declaration of Independence so long ago. But let's practice our own declarations of independence and live in the freedom that they can have for us today. It's quite apart from however messed up the, the country would get and, and it'll label us to, to impact our nation. From a temple of God that's not compromising, right? So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone has proclaimed, has declared that Jesus is Lord, believed in their heart, declared that he is Lord, what happens to them? They are in Christ now. They're a new creation now. And the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Right? So you are a new creation in Christ. Now what I'm seeing here though is it's not just somebody that's on a trajectory to heaven now. It's all things. It's all things, right? So the declaration got you saved but now all things are new. So you actually have to contend for all things now. So what the enemy wants to do is he wants to come in and say, ah, but you, you did this but now you're still a failure in this regard. And now you say, no, no, you don't get it. All things are new. Yes. <laughs> so, so now that very thing that you're trying to get me to identify with is a failure now. No, I declare something else about that. that. Yes. I have something else to say about that. Yes. Yes. So what you declare is how things move. Okay, this is where the faith part is. Mark eleven twenty three. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, listen how many times we say. And what are these sayings every time? Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which what? Will be done. He will have what he? All right, let's go back. Can, can you, are you, you're having so much fun with this, right? Everybody's so... Happy with this, right? There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be silent, but we'll say, right? Okay. Okay. Can we, can we replace the says with declares? Let's make declares like there's authority with them. Like, like, like things are changing because I'm declaring. And, and look what it's talking. It's, it's talking about mountains. What are those other? What are those other grievances in our life that we could say? There's something that the enemy's come. He, there's a. It's just not right. It's just not. It's in. It's injustice. It's not right. 
We say, God, where are you? And he said, I'm right there in your mouth. You just need to declare some things. Right? All right, let's do this together and let's say declares when we get to says, okay? For surely I say to you, whoever declares to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he declares will be done. He will have whatever he declares. Declaring becomes necessary for freedom. You know, I, I believe it's an answer for America today for people who believe that everybody's created equal to declare some things, to stand up and be what we are. Amen? All right. Overcoming, uh, it, it comes from a declaration. And, and so we're going to, man, this, we talked about this um, on a Wednesday recently, but they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What is the testimony? Now, it's a declaration. And when, when it's related to the blood of the lamb, what happened in the blood of the lamb? And this is just a really short thing. Go back on a Wednesday and check this out. <laughs> this is last Wednesday, actually. But what is the blood of the lamb? It's the establishment of a legal right that we have to base our declarations upon. And it's not just something that we're doing scholastically. It's doing experientially. You have to have declared Jesus as Lord. But what happened when that took place? The blood of Jesus became powerful in your life. And now those other elements in your life where the enemy wants to come in and say, ah, yeah, but what about this? You're, you're a failure in this regard. And you say, no, <laughs> I have a testimony for you. But there needs to be a specific testimony that you have. I've been washed. <laughs> I don't give in to, to those kinds of thoughts anymore. I've been washed. I've been made clean. I've been made righteous. And you can declare that thing right after the enemy wants to tell you you are a failure in it. And that's when it needs to happen most. And you stand up and you declare, no, that's not who I am. Because what the enemy wants to do and what even the church can try to do is to condemn you and say you're, you're terrible. And God never does that. No, he says, no, I've, I've made you free from that thing. You just need to declare it. There's not a, there's not a progress from oppression, uh, addiction, any kind of a stronghold, there's no progress beyond a proclamation, a declaration. It comes from what you say. You want to just go and have somebody pray for you. You just want to go and, but what's coming out of your mouth at the time of conflict? That is the, that, that's what's going to make the difference, right? So in Christ, we've been delivered from bondage. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us 
into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. So what is that? That's my testimony now. It's not something I'm trying to get to happen. The blood of Jesus already purchased this for me. But if I don't get it in my mouth and declare it to the enemy when he's trying to tell me that I'm still bound in sin, then I am just getting in the train car. I'm listening to a lie and I'm not doing what I've been empowered to do. That's overcome. Independence from sickness. So how do you get that independence from sickness? There's something that occupies your mouth and you say, no, I am not a victim of sin in my life anymore. I've been redeemed from the curse. Sin has no, or sickness has no hold in, on me anymore. Isaiah 33, 24 talks about this. It's talking about a nation that has actually been overcome with the blessings of God. That their, their armies have, have, have influenced and, they, and they're, they're taking a place of dominance. It said, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. They're so overcome with prosperity. They're so overcome with things that are going well that they're not worried about a sickness coming upon them. They're not trying to fight off something. They're saying, no, I'm just not sick. Why? Because it's important what's coming out of your mouth. The more that you declare your sickness, that's what you have. The more you declare uh, an infirmity that you have, that's what you have. That's why don't go around declaring there might be a, a doctor's report, but don't confirm it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Don't be going around saying that's what... Because what does the Bible have to say? And, and we could get into a whole lot more uh, what God has to say about it. So there has to be a declaration, though, or the enemy just gets to maintain his hold until we change things with our declaration. Right? So if... This is something that I, that I saw recently. You know, sometimes I think uh, there's there's a possession of an oppression in our life. We can just say, well, I've just been dealing with this for all my life. This is just what I... And you can almost uh, have an affection. You can have an affection for an oppression. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you can say, yeah, I'd like to be free from that, but... There's this little voice on the inside that says, yeah, but I like it. Yeah, but I like it. I think this is a big challenge for men, the way we're made. You know, with sexuality and stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, but we've been made this way. And I enjoy, you know, right? But there's a side that God's made us for that is right and it's pure. And there's a side that's not. And the sooner we get our declarer on the side of God and say, no, I hate it. We find out what God hates and it becomes part of our declaration. It's amazing how oppression can change in your life when you start saying you hate it. (laughs) Instead of, no, I like it and I'm just trying to get over it. You know? I think people with with, uh, drug addictions have that same problem. They say, yeah, uh, you know, they, they'll go through a whole program that's meant to, to, to give them freedom from it. And yet they, on, that, on the inside, they say, oh, but I just, I crave it. I crave it. And that little voice on the inside says, I crave it. I crave it. It's a voice. Yeah. It's declaring something. It's declaring a craving. Yeah. 
And what we've been given in God is a new nature. That we don't have to lay hold upon that, that, that craving that is part of our flesh. We can begin to declare something. And in the de- declaration of it, there's a pathway to freedom from it. <laughs> Just in declaring, I hate what God hates. Instead of saying, I know he doesn't like it and he's going to deliver me from it when I finally get to heaven someday. But I still like it right now. This can happen with substance. It can happen. It can happen with attitudes. Oh, but I like talking about people. I have an appetite for devouring people. It, it's it's something you can you can say. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just walking in love. But did you know? Let me tell you why I'm walking in love. Right. So I, I just want to hit this, and I'm not going to get into it too, too deep, but, but identify with what I'm saying here, because I believe that part of our declaration needs to be what we hate, and to fight the cravings inside with the things that God hates. You know, God doesn't hate us for having problems in our cravings in our life. He hates the craving because it keeps us from the life he came to give. So we can align our declaration with his, his hatred for what's going to destroy us in our life. And it can transform our craving. All right, you said, man, you need to go to some kind of counseling school before you talk like this. I'm so thankful that we have a counselor in the Holy Spirit. Amen? These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. See, it's not all just things that you're doing. It's, it's like, it's attitudes. It's things that you're saying, right? Um, so again, I, I won't camp out here too long, but There's a need for a declaration of hatred for the same things that God declares he hates. This is just out of Proverbs. He he hates sin in our life for what it does to us. It's because it's it's an unjust uh, king in our life, right? So, So there's a necessity of seeing the vision There's a necessity of identifying the injustices, right? Making a list of those things. There's a a necessity of understanding declarations, and and it it will be something that will be specific to anything that's in our life, right? But then there's a need to implement it, actually walk it out, okay? So in 2 Peter 1, 3, everything about life will be touched by this. So there's a walking this out that it's not, don't just feel like there's one area is, is all I need to do. As his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. It will touch every part of our life. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So you can almost assume that if there's a part of your life that there's not a declaring being made over it. <laughs> that there might be a submission being taking place. With regard to that, right? By which we he, 
by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What are those promises? Things that we can declare. Promises do no good unless they're occupying your mouth and you're living them out in your life. Right? That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's that's all those things that the, the God of this world would put on us, right? The corruption that's in the world through lust. What how do we get out of that? By the promises that God has given us in area, every area of our life and understanding that he's given us a divine nature. So the enemy comes and he says, you're not really American. You say, yes, I am. Here's my birthright. I've been born by the blood of Jesus. Everything's new. Amen? All right. And the declarations of God's abundance is a fullness the yoke can no longer contain. So I, this was something that we were just sharing in prayer the other day. And, and it, it's really, this is really precious to me because there's a, in, in the King James, this Isaiah 10, 24, it says, and the, the uh, anointing shall break the yoke of bondage. How many are familiar? Are you familiar with that passage? You know, so I was, I was looking it up trying to get a little bit more insight on it. And I found out that, that this anointing is actually fatness. It's, it's not just like oil. I'd like to pour some oil on you and watch how the stuff breaks off of you. So, <laughs> actually, you know, oil will, actually, will make a yoke actually more supple and more, you know, it, it won't cause it to be brittle or anything, right? So what it actually is referring to, and let's look at the, the amplified version of this. It says, and it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of fatness, which prevents it from going around your neck. You know, I have some clothes to. <laughs> I have some clothes that their ability to cover my circumference has been completely broken <laughs> due to fatness. <laughs> actually this this is actually very precious <laughs> this is actually very precious <laughs> because what is that fatness it's when you are operating in the promises of God to the place that his prosper, his prosperity his health his soundness of mind his love is being declared in every aspect of your life to the point that the enemy can't even get his yoke around you anymore because you've become so full in this. Isn't this good? This is what, this is what Jesus came to give us. Life and life more abundantly. What, how is that going to come? By what's in your mouth. By the declarations that you put into place by the promises he has made that everything that every promise that has been given is made to be yes in Christ. So any, any lie of the enemy that he comes at you with, there's a declaration God has put in your mouth that needs voicing. And the enemy will not be able to get his 
things around you. Things that he used to just like squeeze your neck real easy, you know. And it's like, ah, there he is again. <laughs> he won't even be able to, to get close anymore. Because you are so full of the promises of God. They're occupying your mouth day and night, right? <laughs> All right. I'm getting close. Everybody, you know what? Everybody breathe real deep with me. <sighs> I've heard that if you do this, you actually think better too. So yeah, get a little oxygen going. So in Christ, we are made to be complete. And so this is where we're going for. Jesus said, I came to give you completeness, wholeness, fatness. <laughs> fatness isn't always bad. For in him dwells all the fatness of the Godhead bodily, the fullness, right? And you are complete in him. This is going back to the vision again, right? This is, this is what God's possibilities are. You do not have to be all bright. You do not have to, to get, this is not the way life is meant to be. In his promises, are the potential. It's, it's kind of like bullets. It's kind of like those nine millimeter that Buddy's promising all the guys. <laughs> is it all the guys or just, <laughs> just one? <laughs> it's a giveaway. <laughs> so I, I recently got a, uh, I, I got a Glock uh, handgun. I had it for like three or four months loaded before I ever shot it. It was there as a great potential, but it never accomplished its purpose until I actually took it out to the firing range and, and squeezed it off a few times, you know. How often do we have a fully loaded yeah. Glock? We have all the promises of God and we're just putting up with all these nasty thieves that are coming in and stealing and killing and destroying thinking that's the way it's supposed to be. And Jesus said, I came to give you life in a promise that I put in your mouth. The word is nigh you. It's even in your mouth. Amen. For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, that in itself can be a declaration that you take to any moment of oppression, any moment of, of depression, <laughs> discouragement. You can say, no, I am complete. I am not partial. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting old. <laughs> I'm not losing it. <laughs> But seriously, because what the enemy is, as soon as he can start, if, if, if he can get you to start doubting yourself, and we've been given a promise in Christ. No, we have the mind of Christ. We've been made complete in him. I'm not partial. I'm whole in him. But it needs to come out of our mouth. We need to have declarations of independence. And, and you thought, that because I said I was close that that was the last one, but it's not quite, so. <laughs> so we need to live in the fullness of the declaration, Colossians 1, 9 through 12. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. 
So this needs to become something that's not just a declaration over our own life, but we begin to, be, begin to contend for each other. That's why we're part of a body. Amen? That we're not supposed to just be concerned about ourselves. Oh, I just, I, I got so much out of the service today. It was all for me. It was all for me. Well, you, we need to come and receive, but there needs to be this continuance where we're lifting each other up in this. We're seeing each other being victorious over things. And we're not shocked when somebody does go through something, think badly about them. No, we say, oh no, but there's an answer for that. We have the victory over that. For this reason, also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. We need some understanding about this and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy. Walk worthy. What is walking? It's like, this is what you do all the time. This is wherever you're, wherever you're going. You're, this, is, this is the movement that you're making. It's a movement that is faith-based. We saw previously that anytime something's going to move in God, it's going to be by faith. Um, a mountain's going to move by what you say. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. This sounds like a, a lot of just like religious kind of fluffiness. No, it's reality. <laughs> it's life. Strengthened with might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Don't you like that part? He's qualified us. How? By the promises of God, by what he did, by the blood. But how is it activated in our life? By our declaration of it. it no promise, no victory, no triumph in God takes place without a declaration. It requires a proclamation. God only operates according to faith. And our declaration brings faith to life. He's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Okay? And so, I'm just teasing you with that part. That's what's on the app. And you can go get the overview later on. Um, but I want to end with something today. I, I, we've got a couple people. Um, I'd like to just share briefly a, their, their testimony, their declaration of what God has done in their life. As a result of this. Two things that I thought of while you were teaching. That word say. It's three times. You know. The, our father of faith taught us this. that It says believe one time. But it says say three times. So saying something about what you're believing. Is three times more important. Than just the belief itself. Right? And that word believe in the Greek means Lego. What do we do with Legos? We build. And so when you say something about your situation, you're actually building either something positive or negative because your words are life or death. And so you're either, either building life words or death words. And then I thought of the scripture in 2 Corinthians 13 where it says, out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. That means it, let everything be confirmed, let it be sustained. And so... And this is a spiritual principle. So if the doctor gives you a bad report, then you go home and tell somebody else about the bad report. 
And then they go tell somebody else about the bad report. How many witnesses have we got? And that word is established. Let every word, it doesn't say good or bad. It says, let out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. So what do you want to be established in your life? So when somebody says, the report of the doctor is blah, 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 but I believe the report of the Lord. And his report says, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. So you see how important it is what's coming out of your mouth. Amen? Amen. So let's establish the word of God in our lives. Amen. So we've asked a couple of folks Emma, you're going to be first. So Emma and Daniel, they, ha- they both actually have amazing testimonies. Daniel's not here with us. He's with his family today. So you can, maybe you want to share a s- snippet. And when, when it's her time's off, just turn her off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if only Daniel could do that. Um, so Daniel's grandmother stepped into glory this week, so he's with his family. And so, um, but that man... He has such a testimony. In the last year and a half, he has been blessed from God more than we can possibly say. He should have been dead twice. Um, The first time he was stuck under a wild horse. (laughs) You can ask him about that if you don't know the story. That was horrifying. And he came out completely fine, uh, bruised, the worst bruises you've ever seen in your life, but not a broken bone, not a hair missing from his head, just completely miraculously saved. And then this last time, thank you, Jesus, it's the last time, uh, he fell from the top of an eight-foot ladder with a chainsaw. And uh, he laid there and couldn't call out for help. And anyways, he eventually got himself up, and he did break seven ribs on one side of his body. Um, but he's alive, and he's still going, and he's declaring that, you know, God is faithful to him, and we're declaring God's faithful. Um, And that was, like, in the middle of the week, and he came to church Sunday and played the drums, just so we all know. (laughs) Um, And I was thinking today, in the midst of the service, like, he wouldn't tell anybody, but he also lost his job in March, which is three-quarters of our income, just so we all know. And we have been not without one single second. God has been so faithful to keep us. There's a verse that says, you will not see the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. And I'm going to tell you, we are not begging for bread. In the natural, it it doesn't look like that. But in the supernatural, there has been not a need unmet. And then... For me, this morning, I have really been dealing this week trying to stand with my back issue, and it just was overwhelming, and to the point where I did not sleep last night. I cried through the night because it was so horrible. Nothing was fixing it. Nothing was helping. I came this morning. Couldn't wanna because we live an hour and a half away, and I can't move my legs without excruciating pain, and I had to drive because Daniel's gone. And it was raining horrible at our house. We have a current that y'all can come tube on later if you want. And uh, just there was a whole bunch of things saying don't go to church. And I said we're going. And I got here and it was horrific. Like it hurt to breathe or talk. And when Pastor Kim told us to raise our hands, I couldn't want to. But the last time I taught, I taught about honor. And my pastor told us to raise our hands. And I did. And as I did, I felt like a rubber band 
loosen from my back and I can talk and I can breathe and I can move and I couldn't do any of that this morning. Yay! Hallelujah. Awesome. She was, y'all, I'm going to tell you. I could see it all over her that she was just, you were covered with it. Yeah. She couldn't breathe. Praise God. That's Praise awesome. Praise God. <laughs> Yay. And there's a whole message in that whole obedience thing. And honor. And, and the honor thing, yeah. But, but I just want to confirm, too, that, that uh, especially, well, both of y'all, you don't hear them rehearsing the difficulties. I haven't heard you, so. <laughs> I haven't been one of the witnesses. But, but I know that with, with Daniel, anyway, it's like he, he doesn't, and he, he declares, declares God's promises. And the amazing yeah. thing about what the example they have been is, to, to us, but to their children. They're teaching their kids how to be, how to walk in faith, how to live by faith, how to operate in the things of the Spirit, how to declare God's Word over the pain and over what they're feeling and seeing and hearing. They're deciding for themselves, based on the Word of God, what is true, what is right, and out of their mouth, they're establishing what's going to be. Amen. Amen. And so we have the Okidapoys, one of them. Where's Mrs. Okidapoys? She's teaching. All right. So they have an amazing testimony also. JP, he, and y'all just don't get too lost in his, his, uh, his beautiful language, the way he speaks. I, can't, I get caught up in how he speaks. It's so fun. All right. So uh, three years ago, or two or three, I can't really remember, uh, my sister-in-law um, was diagnosed with an inflammatory uh, disease, uh, lupus. Uh, so it was really difficult, difficult moment for the family. We had to drive constantly to Houston uh, to be with them. She spent almost like two months, uh, three months in ICU. Uh, so it was difficult. Her, her parents, they had to come from France uh, to stay with her. Uh, it was difficult. We, we spoke with Pastor Kim and which we pray, they, they pray, they really helped us. It was really exhausting and seeing her, you know, completely being dependent, depending on other people, the doctors, and the doctor were confused that they really didn't really know what was happening. We, we saw all kinds of doctors walking in and out. And, uh, but we prayed, the Lord, we started declaring, declaring, just like the pastor was preaching, uh, we start declining, declining, and uh, step by step, she's starting to recover. And uh, they end up doing a surgery that they did not really supposed to do. Uh, and she still has uh, has some um, wounds that is still healing. But uh, we pray, we continue on praying. And now that as as I'm speaking, she is lupus free. So wow. really, we we can see the hands of God. She's she had she had to start uh, learning how to walk again, uh, you know, start doing things that she was not able to do. Currently, she started she actually started working again, uh, going to work, and really we can see the hand of God progressively. God is healing her completely, and uh, really, uh, this word is just so powerful. The independence she coming from being depending uh, dependent to, from other people. And she became independent, doing a whole new driving, all kind of things that she used to do before. So Praise God. Really, 
Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Praise, Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And y'all know my sister's here. She, you heard a little bit of her testimony, but was it five years? Seven years. Seven years ago, she, well, how old were you? 46, something like that. She dropped, as she was carrying some waters out of the drugstore, just dropped. It had a really bad headache that day. She had a brain aneurysm in the front frontal lobe, right up, and um, they gave her 20% chance to live. And uh, God just totally intervened, and we declared that she will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And I, I'm so thankful for medicine. I'm thankful for science. Science. I'm thankful for God using people to bring healing to her. But if it were not for God, and there's, we don't have enough time to tell you all the details, but there were so many things. A doctor that really wasn't a doctor was there to show them exactly where it was. We still don't know who the man's name is. There's just so many things how God brought her through and brought her out. And we're so grateful for that because there's purpose. There's purpose. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And there's Amen. other, you know, I know each one of you probably have a testimony of God's delivering grace and, and his favor in your lives, but not just in healing, but in addictions, in, in, in bondages, in strongholds in our minds, fear, anxiety. I know this last year has filled a lot of people with fear and, and wondering what's going on. And I'm so thankful that we have a solid rock that we can stand on and we can declare the word of the Lord over our lives and see a, a difference and a change in our lives. Amen. Amen. It's not a magic trick. It's the word. Amen. Amen. There's Amen. life in the word. Amen. Why don't you all stand up with us this morning? <clears throat> so I do like the part, you know, uh, uh, JP referred to is it's independence. That God brings to mind, and, and I, this is my prayer over us this morning, that God will bring us to mind where there is a part of us that is dependent upon the world yeah. in any way. You know, and, and like I said, it, it's, it can be a stronghold and still be something that we are affected by, that it's something that we're leaning on in some way or another. And, and Jesus came to take all of our burdens, to take all of those things, all those cares, and to set us completely free. But we have to cast our cares on him. And part of how that's done is what's coming out of our mouth. Declarations. You know, some of these kinds of things you have to become, you have to, it's almost like a skill you have to develop. And you have to practice it. It has to become something. Um, my, my testimony, you know, we, we came here merged with a, 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 another church here. What was it? Four years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, four years ago. So, um, and it's like the enemy attacked me physically right when we came. I mean, I, I had gallbladder, I had my shoulder, I had uh, my back, I had all kinds of things, my job job things, you know. And and um, you know, I, I got pretty practiced at just declaring things. Because when you're right in the middle of pain, when you're right in the middle of a challenge, it's most important at that time that you don't just start, you know, giving in and submitting, but you actually declare, no, I'm healed. It's like every time you can barely breathe, you say, I'm healed, I'm healed. And you just keep doing it no matter how long it takes. Because God is our source and, and the declaration of freedom. You know, I, I thought about that with the declaration of independence. How many people actually gave their lives, 
you know, and, and actually had to go through what it was going to take for that to be accomplished. And I'm so thankful that Jesus gave his life for us, but we have to apply what he did for us. And we do that by what comes out of our mouth. Every time we declare what the blood has purchased for us, we're applying the blood to it. And it's a power as being a, a effective. Amen? So let's just lift our hands. Let's worship this Redeemer that, that, that provided for us. You know, he's called the Word. He's called the Word. And how that is a fact, he said, my words are spirit and they are life.